my spidey senses tingling. Just when you think that you're lifelong friends with this host, he favors the tweet of somebody who's bashing you. He's the host of the Paper Cake Podcast. His name is Slim, and this is episode 162. Welcome to the show, Jonesy Loves Beer, throwing shade right off the bat, (laughs) as they say on the streets that Jonesy refuses to walk on because he's afraid he'll get murdered. (laughs) Wait till I get swole. Swole. Uh, watch out. Paperkeg.com. This is a comic. This is a comics podcast. You know, we do a book club together. This week, we're gonna blow your mind right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. Deadpool. Oh, gosh, what a show we have planned. You know, we'll also read your letters to close out the show. It's been so long since we recorded an official Paper Cake podcast. It's like, you know, I don't even know what's happening. I don't know what we're doing. I was in San Diego for work. Odd recording times. You name it, it happened. We had a meetup last week. One of the hosts almost died. We'll get into it. Uh, that host I'm talking about, Facebook legend. Let's just get that out of the way right now. You follow him on Facebook. Prepare to be delighted with zingers, quips, gifs, memes. Dale underscore a welcome. Not to toot, not to toot my own horn, but I have may have been complimented on my Facebook posts. And you know, Facebook doesn't, unless somebody's complimenting themselves. There's no compliments being thrown around on Facebook. I'd like to think that to, to me and Facebook, I'd like to think as soon as I hit that post button, I'm like uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger in True Lies when he when somebody asks him for his invitation and he just kind of leans over, says, here's my invitation, just presses that send button. That's me pressing that post button because I just know it's going to be an explosion of likes. Here's my invitation, <laughs> Dale. <Yeah. this> way. <laughs> Dale. That's uh, Arnold. He's sitting with me in the kitchen right now in the yeah. podcast studio. Hey, hey Arnold. Hello, Dale. I uh, love your work. Big fan. Check out Expendables 3 coming soon. Cool. <laughs> uh, one. Can you give uh, Slim the mic back, please? I can't. Okay. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, Arnold, just give us a break here. <laughs> One more host we have uh, Jonesy loves beer You were at the meetup <laughs> I was You were wearing your uh, your uniform Your green Hanes tee And your cargo shorts yep. uh, That's true That's standard issue in Horsham, PA <laughs> Welcome back to the show Your unpublished writer never published May never get published Before you, d- you die like um, and we've spoken to your doctor. He's a horrible doctor, and that could be any day, moments away. 
your death. I look like a particular shade of death mm. uh, this very evening if you're watching live on YouTube. I don't know when I got so peaked, but it had to be some point during the day, and I apologize for uh, the languid uh, viscosity of my skin that looks like it's about to <laughs> oh fall gosh. off at any he's moment. He's got a right in front of him. He's just flipping through it. I think. And well, we all can't be focused on our Facebook posts. Oh, my heavens. Know. Okay. Here we go. Vitriol. Yeah, well, you made a, a veiled comment that I faved a tweet where you were insulted. What? Was that about you, or was that someone else? Elaborate, please. Uh, I, I was just, uh, you know, <laughs> chiming in on many months of, uh, you know, frustrated, uh, like fave trolls that somebody <laughs> if gosh. launches if, my way. You know, you talk about conspiracy theorists. Jonesy is a troll conspiracy theorist. Where one <laughs> languid, a he, languid the one. viscosity breakdown of his <laughs> troll conspiracies. You fave one thing that is maybe a subtweet. Jonesy, Jonesy's got his <laughs> one foot off the ledge of his home. I'm like the cop that's got that uh, all those pictures and the yarn from picture to picture. Right. That's what's going you're on like, in my head. You're the like times. the Everybody Hurts music video. That's what you are. <laughs> getting out of your car in traffic, crying. Mm-hmm. I mean, just the you you were at some kind of you made a you made a comment last week about to Dale. It was like a sub. I've never seen this before. It was a sub conversation. <laughs> You guys were at replying each other about something that was unknown and known only to both of you. I was blown away. I've never seen such a thing. I believe the tweet was, I'm the only idiot wearing a blazer, Dale. Yeah. And I, at this, yeah. at, you know, I, I sat back. I don't know where I was. I sat back and I thought to myself, you know, that probably could have been a text message to the two to, to, right, <laughs> of absolutely thought that. Absolutely. I, um, but well, that's a conversation for another day. We got a big show, Deadpool, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Big show. We talked Big about this the last time we did Deadpool as a book club, and I, I said, you know, maybe 50 episodes from now, 162, we'll do it for book club. Yeah. And look at us Here now. 162. Doing it. We're doing it. Um, We had a meetup, third annual meetup, the three of us. <laughs> Great times. Phenomenal. We went to Barcade. We asked some friends of the show to stop by. Dale came into town. He stayed at Jonesy Loves Beer's house. Jonesy mm-hmm. wanted to show him a good time. You guys went horse race betting. You bet on horses. Yep. Um, maybe went Twitter dark for a period of time. I don't know what I can say about what else he did. <laughs> you're just now you're... about 55 minutes from what I recall. <laughs> I don't know if your wife is listening, so I'll try to keep it PG-13. <laughs> uh, it was, however, Dale's first time. Betting on the ponies. Betting was, on the ponies. That right? That's what say. he kept. He kept saying that phrase over and over again, over and Much over. Much to Dale's chagrin. Betting on, the, on ponies. the ponies. What was, what was what's the scenario in my head? I envisioned Jonesy quote showing you a good time in Horsham, PA, <laughs> like the scene in The Godfather where the Don is walking through the town wearing a white suit. You know, people are bringing him gifts. He's like blowing kisses. <laughs> He's got one of those like shawl jackets to keep him warm, and well, what's that like, Dale? Let me let me tell you real quick. Uh, As he cues up music, <laughs> no, I'm not queuing up music. <laughs> um, Jonesy and Horsham have a special relationship because it's like you walk in, Jonesy walks in anywhere, and it's like a party. It's like 
<laughs> Jonesy is Roy Munson. <laughs> 1970s. And he just walked into every bowling alley in America. Jonesy walks in. He is getting high fives, hugs everywhere. So we go to the Parks Casino in Horsham, PA, or wherever, PA. We go to Bet on the Ponies, my friends. He goes over. I mean, he, if he had a if he had had a cigar, it would have been complete. He goes over and buys a program, a newsprint program for horse racing. He's throwing away around these terminology: box to win, uh, five four three, two five five six all. The catcher, six, five all catcher, bless his heart, from Canada, and I in tow. And we are just wrecking shop at Parks Casino, betting on the ponies. It was amazing. It was a great time. It was a beautiful day. And uh, we had a great time, Jonesy. Absolutely did. Absolutely. Um, I, I bet, I spent maybe 20 of Jonesy dollars because I don't have any which is Which is real money. Because I don't carry cash that. anymore. But apparently to bet on horse, to bet anywhere... You still need cash money. So, Jonesy, I apologize for losing some money, but I'd like to think, uh, you know, you were just paying for my experience, really. Mm. And it was worth every penny. Yeah, it was. So, that was uh, betting on the ponies. And you go and you you watch the odds. You find out which horse has never even ridden on turf before, but he's about to ride on a turf track. In PA, well, that could factor in. That's a no, that's a heavy I mean, factor. You know, me, me, and Bobby Mack did the math on like two races, and uh, I was going for trifecta, uh, trifectas, and I was boxing them. Oh, he's throwing out terms. And I was Look out. who was going to show? He's throwing out phrases, everybody. And then, and then catcher walks over, and goes, "I'll have the seven horse, please," and wins. Yeah, he did. He, for, catcher's never even. He's wanted in three. At least three U.S. states, and he's betting <laughs> and winning on the first bet he's ever made. Oh, gosh. Straight up. Straight we're, up bet. We're 11 minutes into the show. I don't know if I want to have uh, the first 30 minutes be about the meetup. I don't know if that's what people want. I don't know if we should I, bring it to the fireside. Maybe we can continue this conversation uh, you know, after the show. We can't continue about talking unless we talk about Dale State. We had at the we meetup. <laughs> <laughs> I think this music was playing in Dale's head towards the latter stages. <laughs> oh, that's, that's absolutely a good night. I think, actually, it's... I can't remember if it was last year where I got really drunk. Maybe the year before Jonesy got drunk. So this was just the rule of threes. This was this year. It's Dale's turn. It was Dale's year. We had a great that, time. That works out. Yeah, that yeah. actually is true. We had, a, we, had a, we had an awesome time. Everybody that came out, we it was amazing. To show the you know the friendship that was rolling around in that place. Yeah, we were rolling around together, just showing people Luck- how friendly we were. Luckily, we uh, got outside enough time because I got to the point you know where I couldn't hear inside. And or he was, so, was me in a cranky mood. He was so drunk that he was going deaf, which I didn't even know that was a thing. That is for me. Now you were, we were all having a great time, flat we out were. in Barcade. Friends came we were. out. Uh, there was a period of time where people were handing drinks to Dale, and he was drinking them awesome idea. like he would have died if he didn't drink it in five <laughs> seconds. Like, it, <laughs> it was a literal, my life depends on me pouring this beer down my gullet in three seconds, and he that did was, it. He survived it. 
that was one beer. I think because somehow I had two beers how, in my hand. So, but really, how would you know? Because you weren't really there uh, at, a at that state point. Of mind. He and then towards the end, Dale vanished to the bathroom, <laughs> and he I saw him just do like that kind of Dale strut waddle out of that bathroom, kicking those little baby shoes out. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> I said to him, and I was like, y- you look like you need some water, Dale. And he just, I think he just like closed his eyes and shook his head at me. And I knew that it was then that he I was going to have a great rest of the evening. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Sh- shall I set the oh, scene gosh. for you, Dale? I'm not going to hurt oh, your feelings, gosh. am I? No. No, you're not. So, so after, look, after so We all had a good time. <laughs> all right. It was my year. <laughs> this is the year of Dale. This is the summer of PK, <laughs> hashtag year of Dale. That's right. So I, I left. Um, I I escaped. You know, former hosts of Nerdcast, Dub Ill, one of my other podcasts, made a surprise appearance uh, at Michael Francis. I co-hosted a podcast that probably shouldn't be public anymore. I should hide those links. He showed <laughs> up, and uh, so I escaped. And but I walked outside. I saw Dale and Jonesy doing something outside. It looked like Dale was holding up the the building. Essentially, he was standing next to it, and if it just didn't look good, so we we left, and then I don't know what happened after that. I really don't even know. So we we turn a corner towards the uh, underpass side road with weeds as tall as my eye. Right. Instant murder. And uh, <laughs> instant Wait, murder. Hold on, murder. I have to throw this out there first. Jonesy thinks every. Part of Philadelphia <laughs> is some place where he could be murdered in three seconds. Yes. I'm talking a murder town. I'm USA. talking Center City could be a spot where he could just get his neck slashed in broad <laughs> sure, daylight. You never know. Yeah. Yes. You know, it's not crazy to be <laughs> concerned about your health and well being. Anyway, back to Dale. So, Catcher and I are guiding Dale um, to the vehicle. To which we ask, hey, buddy, are you going to make it home without vomiting? <laughs> to which Dale would pass, I don't know. Do you know? I don't know. So I, we I encourage I him. That. How would you know? You were blackout drunk. <laughs> so I could say, I could just make up anything I wanted, and you said it that's at this a, point. <laughs> so we did, however, encourage Dale to vom outside right. because he was such on the teetering edge. So we suggested Dale, you know, put his fingers down his throat. Oh my! What? I'm I'm not even sure Dale's fingertips got to his teeth before he was projectile vomiting into the street. Now I don't know if you know this about Dale. Dale cannot vomit unless he's prostrate on the ground <laughs> planking. He's incapable of vomiting in a crouch. It felt so or good. Or bending at the waist. It felt so good. It was nice and cool on the ground. <laughs> so, luckily, we were near a storm drain because he uncased about 60 liters of vomit all over to the streets of Philadelphia. So, we're talking about the scene from Team America World Police at this point. <laughs> oh, that is tame compared to Dale's uh, just thrusting heaves. As he tried to empty the contents of his stomach. So, I mean, this whole process took about 12 or 15 minutes to complete vomiting. At which point, the Philadelphia police are rolling through this intersection. Better every couple minutes. So he's setting the frightened (laughs) stage where I could get (laughs) AR'd in this alley. So, (laughs) So, Dale... 
Dale, we, we allowed Dale to come down from his vomit high on the cold concrete. Oh, yeah. At which point, we're just trying to stop him from rolling over into the pool of his own vomit because he's ready <laughs> at any point to teeter off this curb. And uh, we're trying to logically convince Dale to get in the car. And I have never seen Dale mad at anybody. And Dale was prepared to rip out my throat with his teeth at the suggestion that he get up into that car. Dale, dear, no, no, it's, no, no. Well, we think it's a good idea. Well, it's not a good idea. <laughs> it's because Did you know that? I wasn't finished. It's fin- not a you good idea. You made me start throwing up. I was not finished throwing up. <laughs> Dry heaves don't count. So uh, at one point, my favorite part, Look, I said, Dale, Jonesy, I know you probably vomit every couple hours to keep the party going. <laughs> but that's, I can't, I can't. I've never done it before. I can't do it. Okay. Just the words cold concrete just keep coming back into my memory. Dale, we got to get up and we got to get going. We've, we've got to get out of here. Uh, it's after They're coming, two. They're coming the for city. me, Dale. We're I can <laughs> see them in the shadows. <laughs> I see their knives. For public drunkenness. I hear, I, broken, get out of here. I hear broken bottles being made and they're singing. They're coming towards me. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. You know, the only guy who would have done jail time was me, but that's okay. Because Dale just looked up and went, cold concrete. As if that explained away all his behavior. Cold concrete. <laughs> go to go to H, Jonesy, and rot in the drunk tank overnight. Right. Because this concrete's cold, and I hope you die. Go get your AR somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, really great time. Yeah. And the, uh, I did desperately try to get Dale into the house uh, once we got back. <laughs> but he was not having it. So, uh... As a polite friend, I, I teetered back his uh, chair mm-hmm. in the Chevy, and I just let him sleep it out. <laughs> Cracked a window. Let me black out in the uh, truck. Which was, I had, you had to. I understand. I had to. It was a, it was a great. It was a, an amazing night. I would never. I wouldn't have changed anything. I mean, if I didn't have to throw up those last two times on the drive home. Oh my god! Oh man, that you did make that uh, Wawa bag smell. Like okay. vomit, like ninety-year-old <laughs> salmon. It was uh, grody, as the kids oh, would say. I love that word. But I'll tell you, catcher, being the <laughs> the best friend of the world, not only switched bags midstream so he continued vomiting, wiped his face with a damp towel from behind him. Oh, wow! For most of the ride That's to great. get his drool and his spare oh vomit. My God, you know that that you need to write that I man. Do. Thank I you, should. man. I should send him one that of the paints post. Canadians in a whole new light, right there. Just a brand new. <laughs> I I'm still like, I'm amazed first that Dale got so drunk and that Jonesy had to take care of him, but in <laughs> Philadelphia. <laughs> We're His worst like, nightmare. This is I mean, like the movie Gladiator, like, where Jonesy gets into, thrown into the pit with the yeah. lions, <laughs> and he's forced to take care of somebody in that scenario. Jones, super it, it, out of my comfort zone. It was literally Judgment Night for Jonesy. He was <laughs> he got dropped off on the wrong side of the tracks, and which one of you was Emilio Estevez in this scenario? Whatever one was not limp, lame, and handicapped, <laughs> because I was definitely the guy. Who got his leg caught in some barbed wire or something? No. Listen, listen to me. No. We need to move on. Any person that's not going to work. Any person that has just started checking paper keg out is long gone after those twenty minutes yeah. of Sorry, hearing guys. that. So, so long, everybody. But we need to get rolling. 
We're knee deep in this show, and I refuse to do another two hour podcast. My computer Slim. refuses. Slim's laying the groundwork for the uh, end times anyway, so it's fine. I don't even That's... know if I'm going to even post this show. What's the point anymore? Am I right? Uh, we need to do. We need to talk about actual comics for the first time in like a month. It feels like we've been doing these great book club episodes where we don't have to talk about books. I don't have to force myself to read books. Ah. Let's get into it right now. Dale underscore A, Facebook legend. What did you read this week? I read <clears throat> Supreme Blue Rose. By Warren Ellis and Tula Lote. Um, checked it out. Mm, you know, anything Warren Ellis, I'm going to check out first issue at least. Fact. And he's, I mean, he's just snowballing now for, uh, he's got like comics just picking up the pace. Started with Trees, Moon Knight, which he was on and off. So now he's starting that image comics version of Moon Knight. It's called Lunar Squire. Mm-hmm. I think it's very close to Moon Knight. Um, so Supreme Blue Rose is about <laughs> it's about <laughs> Diana Dane, and she is a, an out of work journalist who mentions that she's got a, a bit of a problem with medif- medications. Either medically she needs them to stay sane or something like that, and she is um, being interviewed by a fellow named Darius Dax and he works for he's a he's a gajillionaire tons of money and what he does and this is where it gets really Warren Ellisy is he is a he uses his powers and his contacts to kind of predict uh, the geopolitical climate and then he basically releases um summaries and reports, but f- very exclusive for lots and lots of money. So these uh, people that need to be in the know will pay him for these reports because I guess he's pretty reliable. So he wants to hire Diana Dane to check out a uh, uh, someplace in uh, New York or Pennsylvania as a crash site. And supposedly it's a it's a, it's a site where an airplane crashed. But uh, what Darius Dax leads on is this is not quite the truth. And he has some raw footage of quite possibly a uh, a superhuman involvement. Like Mm. something crashed into a house and then there's like a glimpse of a man in flames. So he's going to pay her 300 thou flat out to go check it out. If she finds anything out about it, she's got another 700 grand coming her way. And, uh, you know, if she doesn't find anything, so be it. Um, so it's, it seems really cool. Like it could be like a, uh, a decompressed kind of storytelling method. The only thing that kind of started me off on the wrong foot is in the very beginning of the book, she's, she's having a dream, but during this dream, it's, it reminded, reminded me a lot of Sin Titulo Uh and that wacky world. And she's having a conversation with this man in a wheelchair and he, warns her to uh, stay away from this from somebody named Darius Dax and uh, there's like a man on the beach who kind of looks like the red hood to put to put it bluntly like is a man in a suit with just like a red bulb for a head and he speaks in like this twirly whirly speak and Mm -hmm. uh, and come to find out right before I turned on uh, the, the Google Hangout for the show 
this is related to the Rob Liefeld correct, correct, uh, invention supreme. Really? Really? Yeah. And I, so I had to Google that before we went live to f- find out what the heck it is. So apparently, the man standing in the flames could possibly be supreme. So it's crazy that Warren Ellis just takes this story that couldn't... I mean, it stands alone on its own to be a Warren Ellis creation, like, but it's in the world of Supreme, which is really, really weird. Like, yeah, I wonder if he's just like sitting at home and be like, I have this great idea for a Supreme story. Like, How does, that, how does this comic come to be? I, I know, or is it like he's sitting there and like, you know what? Is he a hired gun? Like, is it, is it almost like, let's see what we can do with all of Rob's creations because of glory... Uh, you know, glory's out, and that one we did, the four your issue profit, profit, your favorite. yeah, profit. Your like maybe he's just, maybe he's just like it's a, it's like a nice troll. He's not trying to troll Rob Liefeld, but he's trying to be like, well, let me see what I can do with something of Rob's. Like that's how I envision it. I don't know if that's true at all, but mm-hmm. it was kind of cool how it's in that world, and it might not have anything to do with it. And apparently, Rob Liefeld had Alan Moore rewrite Supreme at some point. In the nineties, yeah, to kind of created its own thing. That I've heard before. Like, for, it's just weird. Oh, yeah, it was weird. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's it's uh, it's you know, it's worth checking out. I might check out the second issue though, but I, I have a feeling I I would like the reality based stuff. But once it gets into the kooky stuff, I I don't just don't think I have the patience for it. Good. The art, art is glor- the art is phenomenal, and the colors hmm. gorgeous. Um, I'm gonna keep this comic book train rolling. You know, we're running out of tape right now. Mm. Um, Storm, mm-hmm. number one, Greg Pak. You know, I've talked about my healthy love of Storm in the past. Life, death, BWS, Claremont. Look into it. Google it. I always said that she's probably like one of the best X-Men characters that doesn't get enough props. So Greg Pak has this new Storm series out of nowhere because she's kind of just been dilly-dallying in X-Men books doing jack squat. And that actually kind of is part of the story. She tries to help after this kind of like monsoon type scenario in a a foreign land. But she, she does help a little bit, but she gets pushed aside by like this local military saying that she has no jurisdiction and she's a mutant get out of here <laughs> so she goes back home and one of her students kind of like goads her on and be like what are you what are you even doing lately you're you done nothing so storm gets pissed off and then goes back to that area and tells the military to go like suck a d <laughs> and she essentially is now kind of like f- flying her own path and kind of you know, maybe I haven't been doing anything lately, but maybe I should make, do something about that. Which is great because the Storm character is like so badass and of her own mind and never does anything anyone else's way unless she thinks there's a good reason for it. Like the way Claremont wrote Storm is just like some of the best female character writing ever. Mm. And I'm hoping that this leads to Storm, that Storm. Because the first issue actually just ends with the it's not like a one of five or maybe it it could be part of a larger story but it's not obvious so like this is a one shot first issue which is great so i highly recommend it which we don't see enough of anymore that's really great 
Uh, I mean, we need we need more storm in our lives. Everyone knows that. Absolutely agree with that one. I could write a thesis on it, and maybe I will. Man, another long form article by Slim nah, on Storm. Just kidding. That's, that what about Storm, Storm and Wolverine, though? Are you? Uh, do you think that hurts Storm as a character? I think that's um, that might be over. Actually, I was paging through something. Hmm. Uh, maybe it was. Maybe I was paging through the la- the most recent Three Months to Die or whatever that Wolverine pre series is before the death of Wolverine. I don't think she's going to be a part of it. I think they kind of like oh, nipped, kinda... it the, nipped it in the bud before that arc starts. Yeah, before it got real serious. Okay. Yeah. I mean, some people just need to get laid. Mutants are no different than you or I. Oof. Not when it comes to... Uh, Sex. The beads. You know what I mean? <laughs> Mutant <laughs> libids. Uh Speaking of mutated libids, Jonesy loves beer. Right on it. We're, right we're on running it. out of tape. Mm-hmm. My, my lord. Sorry, Slim. It was a great segment. I'm not saying it wasn't a great segment. What did you read this week? It was long. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a quick one then. Southern Bastards, issue three. Now, Earl has found the beaten stick that his father had buried and uh, is doing some hardcore beating with it, left and right. And uh, in a cool, walking tall-esque tribute, he kind of beats his way up the food chain. And then pretty much says to the whole town, um, I just beat your two toughest guys. And I'm going to sit at this cafe every day at noon and eat more ribs. And anybody who wants to come in and F with me is going to get hit in the face with my mm-hmm. stick. Uh, one of the most chilling bad A moments in comics lately. And the the end scene, the climax of this issue had me aghast at the situation. I literally was like, oh, no, don't. <laughs> My gosh. got to clip that out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, great. A great series. When, uh, almost as good as Scalped, Dale. Oh. Oh, right. Okay. Oh, my. Boy, he is just hammering Dale this episode. Dale, <laughs> noted, scalped, hater. He was repulsed by it. If oh, I, I was so repulsed by it. I will admit to that. Almost okay. as repulsed as uh, Transmetropolitan, if we can be frank. Let's be honest just, you know what? You want me off the show? <laughs> I mean, is this, you're trying to... I would never want that. AR me <laughs> into submit, <laughs> into submitting <laughs> myself. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Southern. But seriously, yep. if you're not reading Southern Bastard, you are missing out. Lightning round. Mm-hmm. Two sentences or less to find out what book Dale is repulsed by this week. Um, what could be worse than Transmetropolitan? Dale underscore two sentences or less. Grayson, issue one. <gasps> For someone who did not know what happened to Dick Grayson, Nightwing, a solid first outing for Dick Grayson, double O agent for Spiral. Superman 33, Summer of Geoff Johns. A lot of words in this issue. A lot of words. And what has happened to my dear friend, J.R.J.R.? 
Help. Jared, Jared, I'm here to help you. In any way I can. Help. Jared. The Amazing Spider-Man issue number four. Save the unicorn, Jack. Wait, Arnold's back. Jack. Save the unicorns, Jack. Jack, you must listen. Legend starring Tom Cruise. The Amazing Spider-Man, issue four. (laughs) You didn't even give a synopsis yet. (laughs) I was waiting for the music to blast back on. Uh, Has Sandlot's hubris... Finally, gotten the better of him? I'm hoping this issue turns out to be a big joke. Oh. Wow. Fireside rebuttal. Yeah, save it for the fireside. Wow. Huge, (laughs) huge strong words from Gen Z Love Beer. Deadpool Volume 3 Marvel Now. The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. From our dear friends, Jerry Duggan. Brian Posehn and Legend. Legends, plural. Declan Shalvey and Jordy. Dear Jordy. Jonesy, what is what is this book about Deadpool? We're doing a Deadpool book? What? I was just as flummoxed as you when whilst reading this uh book. I don't know if you can call it a book. Oh, wow. Yeah. And not, not not in a negative way. Everybody relax, just because you know I said the word hubris. Uh, so Deadpool, good, bad, and the ugly. Uh, Deadpool is the fourth wall smashing Marvel character that uh, always puts the high and mighties back in their place. And this tale follows Deadpool as he gets the better. Of the heroes for hire, which I am totally in his corner for, because they're you know what a terrible team, and uh, he has an amazing roller coaster ride between producing a child and giving the background story of his origin, uh, which might have been told before. What was my first experience, and in the end, brings the Avengers together to really be the savior of the Marvel Universe uh, whilst revealing himself to be a scarred, awful person that is somehow also the cure for cancer. Such a hard book to synopsize. But I will say, I never wanted to read a Deadpool book and I was absolutely satisfied and entertained by Deadpool, the good, bad, and ugly. Hmm. 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 I, I actually downloaded the trade. I read this in single issues when it came out, but I downloaded the official trade, and I had never read the two flashback jokey issues before this run. So it was actually, gla- I, I guess, glad that I downloaded the trade because I would have not have mm-hmm. read these two issues otherwise. 
because when I first read it, it starts out with they they reveal a bombshell that like he finds out before this that someone's been kidnapping and harvesting his organs, and then he doesn't really remember it. They've been screwing with his brain. They've been like doping him up with drugs to steal his organs, and nobody knows why. But then when he finds the people responsible, they say that they have his daughter, and then they loosely talk about this woman that he may have had a relationship with. So I asked Shane that I work with, I was like, "What's this? who's this chick that he might have impregnated? And he's like, oh, they, they talked about her in this, those weirdo flashback issues that they did a few months ago. So then this trade, they include the two issues. So it's really weird that they included them because it's like two separate storylines. There's a two-issue flashback jokey arc that takes place in the 70s and then present day. And then Declan's run takes over where it's like this battle to find out what happened with Deadpool's organs and who's behind it and then Wolverine and Cap are in it. So it was really weird to me to read it as a completed book but with two totally different issues in tone compared to the other story. Yeah, no lie. Um, the first two issues, first of all, when you're exhausted and you're trying to read a book club book and then you don't find out that's truly not the arc that you were supposed to be reading for the book club, so I'm glad you guys read them too, because uh, it came. I I got the third volume three bundle, and uh, I mean you. you I, almost I, I, kinda, I almost kind of don't even want to talk about the two issues because they're just so they're different di- than the actual storyline I want to talk about. Right, but I love them. Yeah, very let's much. get that out of the way. But they're they're hilarious. They're perfectly timed and comedic. But, and and that's and they're totally what you expect Deadpool comics to be. But the good, the bad, and the ugly proper was some of the best, most dramatic storytelling to put Deadpool through his paces like that and to turn him into the most serious uh, person in the Marvel U. I mean, it's it was pretty, it's really compelling to hear what, they did with Deadpool because you just don't picture somebody being able to manufacture a Deadpool story of that serious tone because of what he is in the Marvel U. Like he is the comic he's relief. He's the joke. Yeah. Yeah. He, and he's the butt of many jokes. I will tell you, these first two issues where he he basically gets in the craw of Iron Fist and uh, Power Man hysterical every panel i chuckled and my favorite panel uh, before we get into the uh, the meat and bones uh was <laughs> in the modern day uh power man is like opening up a text wing- window and you see his previous text to iron fist and the first one is like do you think misty knight and i could ever make it work <laughs> yeah. and then like the second text is danny i don't care <laughs> <laughs> as he's typing a new window for some reason that struck me and I must have reread that page like at least seven times mm-hmm. I mean the, the I maybe we'll talk about it in the fireside but the the fact that the the bad guy was called the white man and there's so much injustice oh. being done to the white man and when he gets <laughs> kicked in the nars by those kids and he calls it his gentleman's baggage <laughs> <laughs> but yeah the they good were bit they were they were two funny issues and like during that Deadpool run we do, we talked about the first trade the presidents whatever where the presidents became zombies 
and it was like really different than the first stuff I had read, which was The Good, The Bad, The Ugly. It's like totally different. It was like I couldn't believe they were from the same two writers. And then like these flashback issues were funny. They they like they make the in joke that like you know these these issues were made seventy years ago. We were never able to publish them, so let's mm-hmm. put them out now. And he in this story he he rescues this hot you know um, Mexican woman. I can't I can't remember her name. Um, Carmelita. Yeah, Carmelita. And he rescues her, and they're both kind of like thinking they're gonna die. So they make Whoopi. And at the end, he's, like, so happy that he met this girl. He, like, takes off her mask, and you see his, like, sore-ridden face. And she's totally repulsed. And then he just, like, starts crying. Um, Because the backstory you eventually find, if you've never read a Deadpool book before, was he was thrown into the Weapon X program where Wolverine and Cap were at. And he had cancer, and they cured his cancer... And, but the fallout was, like, his body is just, like, ugly as all hell. It's just, like, open wounds almost constantly mm-hmm. under on his skin. So the the book opens with him trying to get to the bottom of the people that are following him and, and drugging him and getting his organs. And he goes to Cap and Wolverine. He's like, I need help. This is This could be from the program that created us. And they pretty much blow him off. And he's like bummed about it, and then the story progresses from there. Uh, my favorite part of that Deadpool asking for help sequence is the fact that you know Cap's on a battlefield where like there's warheads going off left to right, and the only part that scares him is the fact that Deadpool is asking direct questions and and making logical leaps and putting pieces together. He's like that scares me more mm-hmm. than anything that could possibly happen to you. The I mean the. You do get, like, at this point, there's uh, the woman from the previous story arc, the S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, is also in Deadpool's head. So she's hanging around in his brain, and they can kind of, like, switch at certain points. Did that happen at the end of the presidential issue? I believe so, because I think that's when she died. I thought it was. Yeah, that's right. And then I think the last page is, like, she realizes she's in his head. So the story continues, and he thinks that, it was a really great issue where he's he, he he doesn't have a place to stay, so he stays in murder victims' homes that like seem like where someone was just murdered like the week before he goes to sleep there because he knows no one's gonna come looking for him. And then he sees Wolverine in the place he followed him. He 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 like agrees with Deadpool. He's like, man, these guys are the real deal. They're after you. You're right. So let's go let's go get him. There's this awesome scene where they're fighting side by side. And Deadpool, they, like, destroy all these people, and Deadpool is, like, screaming at this helicopter for the guy behind him, behind the program, to, like, come and face him. And then the next panel is him underwater, and they're talking about cutting off his legs. They drugged him. Wolverine was never there. His, quote, friends never came to help him. So he's drugged, and they're about to tear off his limbs to for whatever nefarious means that they have. I thought that was a great ending to the issue. It was just, like, heartbreaking that, like, Wolverine never came to help him, and he's still on his own. Yeah, it really was. I mean, it just and that point just carries across the whole arc, and it was just because to see them like fighting together and Wolverine like totally pitching in and them being like super hyper effective with each other, mm-hmm. and then it was just all a lie, and he was just he got captured in his sleep or whatever happened. It was just it was so. I mean, it sets the stage for just a dep- like a, a like an upsetting read. Not completely, but 
I wonder, is there any other book that's like this that can be both whimsical and kind of poignant? There wasn't, I think the main reason I like this is because it wasn't like jokey Deadpool all the time. He wasn't doing bits. He wasn't like Mm -hmm. fourth walling it, holding like, you know, a pie and throwing at the camera in one scene. It was like he had the jokes to like a real minimum. And I guess it worked in the story too because he finds out that the guy behind it has his daughter and the mother of the daughter that we talked about earlier. So it's like the real deal for him. And he's like not joking as much. And then eventually. No, that's why I liked him so much in, uh, Remendo's oh uh, yeah X-Force yeah it was a great Deadpool too the the like the the crazy stuff is they were harvesting these organs this guy was selling it to North Korea I think and they were making their own X-Men using Deadpool's DNA and genes and all this stuff and some of the X-Men so there's like this sore ridden North Korean X-Men team that's just like the screw up mutates that are just like near death they have some of their powers and ugh, goodness which is i mean it's crazy to like obviously it's not true but (laughs) to think about i mean it it really hit home when kim slash nightcrawler was like training there's no training involved and it shows like three nightcrawlers tied up to a pole And they, they have guns trained on their head, and they're just like, go. And the first one can't teleport, bang, they shoot him in the face. The second Nightcrawler can't teleport, bang. Like, So out of sheer terror, they learn their powers. And it's just like, this. it's some pretty scary stuff to know that they just take these regular families, regular people, splice them with Deadpool DNA and you know a, a mutant hormone from an X-Man, mm-hmm. and they get it's just this nasty doppelgangers of real heroes and they have to learn to live with that now and it was it's just i want to read their title i want to read their book they're all dead spoilers (laughs) (laughs) well not all of them but i thought there was cool when like deadpool actually i think maybe the shield agent like deadpool at this point he gets rescued or he he gets rescued um by Kim, the, the North Korean nightcrawler, and they talk about, like, can you teleport us over there? And he talks about how, like, he found out the hard way of the limits to his teleportation power. Like, oftentimes, I'm not very good at it, and the other person I teleport with ends up in a wall, and they die, or sometimes I never see them again. I thought that one was even more, like, compelling, where some sometimes a person just doesn't come back when he bamps across the street or whatever. Like, where, I wonder where even that person goes. That's so depressing. Like, friends mm-hmm. of his. And how the S.H.I.E.L.D. agent was able to just, like, tell Deadpool to just, like, go limp and I'll take over from here. Like, I'll take over your body and, you know, I'll I'll jet out of here and look for help. And I thought those scenes were really cool about how she's been in his head for X amount of issues and she sees, like, how screwed up he is and how the possibility of his daughter and the the mother of his daughter being alive and in this internment camp is like really pissing him off and no jokes from there on out. Although the, the, uh, you're talking about issue three, the most comedic part about the breakout is when the real Wolverine is kind of trying to tell the faux Colossus and the faux Wolverine how to do the mm-hmm. fastball special. <laughs> he just launches Wolverine or the fake Wolverine in orbit. And he's just like, just throw him. <laughs> throw him. Or how about when the Warpath, the Asian Warpath, um, 
he gets like ripped apart in half and his his half end is like pulling apart and all his open sores are just like gross as all oh. get out. Ugh, goodness. But then the scene that was like really he goes Deadpool goes and they find out where the families of the North Korean X-Men are being held so they they get to the idea that his girl is in this camp also so they go over there and they they're about to firebomb this whole camp until they get there so cap eventually saves him also speaking of cap but how great were his scenes where there's a few like there's a wolverine issue that opens with him in a flashback of, of x weapon x and why he is the way he is and there's a flashback of cap like at the nazi internment camp and he's like i'm never gonna go through this again so you can already you're already in cap's head of like this is why i'm doing this this could cause an international incident, but I'm going to do whatever it takes to get these people out of here. Yeah. And he had so many great lines because through and through, the book had such a serious tone, and, and Cap being there just brought it home. But when uh, Deadpool calls him the uh, the Weapon Plus Prom King, and Cap was like, I was collecting tin and paper for the war effort on the night of my prom. It was just like, <laughs> oh, my God, that's the greatest line ever. Yeah. The... um. They eventually get to that like camp where everyone's hidden, so they find some people alive for the North Korean X Men. But there's these like the last few pages of that issue were so great because Deadpool's like all like happy now because we got here and you know where are they? He's like making a jokey sign to like welcome them back. So he's like in his head he's gonna find them in like two seconds. His like his child, and then they overhear that like there's nobody left and then the wind changes and Wolverine catches the scent and just knows that there's nobody left alive over there. I thought that those like four panels in that page were so great. He like goes from, you know, okay, everyone's dead and he's like, Deadpool, why don't you come with me for a little bit while, while I go raise through and see what I can find. And then it just turns like, don't go over there. He realizes there's just no chance. That might be the, that one page in the whole book where I might have said to myself, what am I reading? Mm. Because that got, I mean, that got super serious, super mm-hmm. quick. And I wonder, I, I wondered then if that's the point of Deadpool. And maybe that's what I didn't get about the whole series or character in general. Because, you know, for my whole reading career, I thought he was a goof and had zero desire to get into the book. But after reading this, I'm like, Maybe this is Marvel's take on the roller coaster, and this book could be could be anything, and maybe that's why people enjoy it. And I mean, from go to to the first issue of, you know, Deadpool Superfly, to Deadpool's daughter has been murdered by Kim Jun Il, and it's for real, and it sticks. Like, wow, yeah. what, what a seesaw. You know? yeah. And Deadpool just and like shedding tears and so, and like kind of letting loose feelings that he's always bottled up and or let just roll off his back about the superheroes and the people he looks up to and is envious about because he's because he knows like deep down inside that as much as Weapon Plus screwed with him like he didn't do anything about it to like he made it. He enabled them, and he enabled himself to just be as just big as screw up. Mm-hmm. So, like, he feels as much res- as responsible for his mental state and his where he's at in life than he does uh, that. Than he does place the blame on Weapon Plus too. So he's like, really, 
all everything's coming to a head. <laughs> Feelings just pouring out. Yeah, I like too. Like at first, he was like he flipped out on Wolverine and Cap for not being there when he needed them. He's like, I flat out asked you for help. We could have prevented this had you just listened to me and been my friends. And I think there's like that that underlying thing of, and they even say it, like Wolverine and Cap's like we're not his friends early on, yeah. and then that changes by the end where maybe they realize they could have done something and didn't to prevent it. And then there's that cool part at the end where they go their separate ways, which I really liked. But um, the Butler character had that weird kind of mis- um, Mr. Freeze vibe when mm-hmm. he called that woman his beloved and it turned out to be his sister. And that's why he was like harvesting these or- organs as well to like try to keep her alive. And then one of my favorite parts of the book was Deadpool finally gets there to confront Butler and he, you know, he does that villain thing where he just, elaborates monologues his entire plan and everything is done but the sister that butler the guy who's been harvesting the organs he's been trying to keep her alive she wakes up and hears all this and she's like totally disgusted with him so she lets deadpool into this room to just like kill them both essentially she's like had enough she couldn't believe that she was going through that at the risk of all these people's lives i thought that was amazing yeah it really was a a twist on the old uh, super villain revealing his plan because there's no chance of the hero surviving. But, and I mean, that really, and I've really touched on some stuff about, like, other than the fact that effective Deadpool really let the guy have it. Like, he really went apes on him. And, and I, I guess I was expecting it, but I mean, there was a lot more, like, up close and personal horror and or gore. Like it was pretty real, mm-hmm. but the like the whole subject of you know should people like euthanization and people being able to choose and stuff like that, and the sister chose is like I'm really better off dead. Right. She even said like, no, I don't want any drugs at the end. I yeah. want to. I think she said she wants to feel something. It was pretty pretty crazy subject matter f- and handled with perfect execution i mean it was there was a lot of heavy stuff and it was all handled like it just blew me blew my expectations away and and all day since we've announced the book club over the weekend i mean people have just been tweeting us and saying it's like one of their favorite runs favorite story arcs ever and i can see why now like and i never ever would have given it a chance or expected this to deliver and I just want to I mean Posehn and Duggan and uh, Shalvey and Jordi Belair like the art God like the art was so good in this and Mm -hmm. I could just I could just watch a a Captain America and Wolverine drawn by them I could just read I mean I love his Wolverine his Wolverine love it dynamite yeah I love the uh, I love those character models for the Deadpool X-Men the dead men that's oh, yeah. so great. Yeah. The kind of off kilter of like the X Force costumes. How about the 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 offline the one offline about the North Korean Wolverine that Kim says that his body tries to heal all orifices if it's a wound or not. Yes. Oh, yeah. Good oh. grief. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> like, how does that guy live? Yeah, not really. Anymore. He's dead now, but still. Spoilers. but this one was i um i felt like when i read it in trade form i don't know if it was because i was trying to read it fast but 
the monthly format of this book I felt like was really good having the three days mm-hmm. in between these issues to just draw out mm-hmm. the like oh man what's gonna happen to Deadpool what's gonna happen to his daughter and the and the woman and you know he finds her corpse towards the end good grief but yeah, yeah. The, this is a monthly read uh, monthly read was excellent and it's probably the best Deadpool out there outside of Uncanny X-Force which maybe Agreed. we should do as a uh, Oof, book God, club yes. since Dale hasn't uh how many issues? Thirty some issues. Thirty some issues. Who oh, cares? Thirty six issues of love. Might be a two hour episode right there. Oh god. The oh god. Oh god. Oh god. Shut it down. Okay. Uh, Shows over. Oh god. I now I'm curious. Have you read after this? Because I mean, there's no way like the weight of no, this I, I is actually, held up in a dead. I actually book. haven't, and I, I sound like maybe I sound like a real jerk for saying that, but th- like I almost. In my head, I was like, "There's no way that this could be no way topped." I, absolutely, I did, on a I monthly do, basis, I believe that as well. And I, you know, I think maybe who wants this? Maybe who want the slapstick Daredevil or Deadpool Daredevil? Um, it was. I'm. They have to get back to that at some point. Mm-hmm. But the caliber, of the writing on this story arc was just. I mean, something special. I'm curious if people, you know, if anybody out there has read on just to let us know if the tone chain lightens up like and goes back to the first two issues we read. Um, and there's got to be like, I wonder if there's any allusion to his daughter, right? Or because there was like a few lines where Butler tried to say something about his daughter, but he was murdered like right before then. And maybe I mean, they never did find the body of his daughter. So I don't know. I was convinced, like the the fourth issue, the last page, when Butler was hunched over the sister, I was convinced that was going to be Deadpool's daughter or something, but it didn't hmm. work out that way. But I was like, "There's some kind of twist going on here." The good, Deadpool, the bad, right? and the ugly. Jonesy conspicuously quiet during the book club. I don't know why. Maybe he's checking. I Twitter. just, I no, I just, uh, you know, this this book was an, an enigma for me. And it's it's rarely does it leave me speechless when I'm kind of bowled over by a volume, but to like when we when I looked at this, I'll say it again. When I looked at it on the dock, I was not I was nonplussed. I had no desire to read this, and to be totally turned around uh, is amazing to me. And the art was on cue, mm-hmm. and I liked like I like the character of Deadpool now, and like that's. You know, it's messed up my aura, man. Like, I don't, I'm not a Deadpool fan, and now I kind of like him. It's stuff like Declan's work on here that, I mean, I, I always have these dreams if I ever could get commissions from some of these artists that I would get something, like, off the beaten path and not get what everybody else gets. But when I see Declan Shalvey's Wolverine, it just makes me want a Wolverine commission from him. You know what I mean, but like, so it's like I want to, like, I want to impress Declan by getting some unknown character that I think is really cool. But God damn, I really want a Wolverine from him. You know what I mean? It's like, Declan, can you please throw me a Wolverine? Like, at, like as he sighs. Yeah. I want Superfly Deadpool like in my house. Like that cover where he's got that three fifty seven Magnum and the Afro. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> this is a great volume. And uh, maybe you never thought I'd say go read Deadpool, but go read Deadpool. What a great experience. Got time to be alive.
what a time. We got your letters. I'm gonna open them up. Farrington's gonna read them to you. Letters at paperkeg.com. You shoot us a letter. We might read it on the era. Letters at paperkeg.com. Our uh, first letter comes to us from friend of the show, Andrew. And he sent us an audio file, and I'm going to do my best to ruin it (laughs) as I attempt to play it. And he says, my wife came home from work today and said this out of nowhere. Really big show. (laughs) Uh, So... Slim, you're in the cultural zeitgeist right. now. <laughs> yes. Uh, and that is now in the annals of the internet forever. And uh, we're talking about the guy who needs his ego stroked the least. Right. And But here we go. That, so, was, a, uh, that was an amazing audio file. I didn't listen to that before, but I think we no? have to add that to the show. It's amazing. <laughs> hold, on, hold on. This audio file? Really big show. Uh... <laughs> I mean, I just imagine her on the sofa with a paperback novel. Uh-huh. Her legs kicked over to the side. She's probably just starting up True and, Blood uh, or something. <laughs> and, uh, hey, babe, uh, what are you doing tonight? Really big show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Andrew, it. thank you for the audio file that will live in infamy. Uh, thanks so much. Check out his uh, podcast, The Earwash Show. Oh, by the way, great episode with Dale underscore A on it. Yeah, that uh, was like great inside, show. inside the actor's studio with Dale underscore A. You got into the psyche pre-street uh, uh, vom. And he, uh, yeah, all before those that, were the yeah. days. Uh, but uh, <laughs> let me tell you, Dale, uh, great inside baseball uh, interview. And those guys know how to ask the right questions. I was very impressed. In fact, you could say... Really big show. <laughs> yeah, thanks. It was a, They did a great job, and uh, it's cool that they they interviewed me, and I just kept talking about all the stuff I loved and really got into it. Knuckle deep. <laughs> uh, next up is uh, a letter addressed to us, and I'm going to read it here. Keggers, uh, just re-listened to that last episode and a definite one in the win column. You three's genuine passion for the series made Fear Agent my my next must-read. It got me thinking, Fear Agent is for Slim, that one book that, when I asked what's your favorite series, would be the first to come out, no pauses for thought, yes? Well, Jonesy and Dale, what's your Fear Agent then? Oh, man. What is the book that, after you picked it up, you'd never been the same after let me separate right there planetary heavens i continue <clears throat> what let me let me continue on this might have some influence for me it's sandman which is a bit atypical but i don't care cue his bagpipes please <laughs> cue his bagpipes somebody cue his bagpipes I was still relatively new to comics and had only read the superhero stuff. Picking up that book showed me that the comic medium could be a true art form. It's because of Gaiman's seminal work that I'm typing this now very long letter out to you guys. Fade out the bagpipes. Look forward to the next podcast. By default, it'll pale in comparison to the epic Fear Agent two-parter, but hey, we can't win them all. 
And that's from friend of the show, Tom Rankin, at that movie freak on Twitter. <laughs> P.S. Would you love, would, would love to see you return to the world of Sandman, the second volume, The Doll's House, is considered by many to be the best of the series, nay, one of the best storylines of all time. Wow. I'll tell you what, I like I like how he phrased that, because anytime anyone else wanted us to continue in the series, they just say, ah, oh, the first volume's crap. You gotta keep yeah. going. He phrased that in a way that makes me want to continue reading. Yeah, I think I think we should add that to the Google Doc, because he does make it sound... Jesus. He's just lost. Um, for me, I... I don't know. I think it might be that first Astro City trade. You wow. Know, I got, you know wow. I love Astro City. Hard. Oh, here it comes. Astro City, I love it so. It's my fear agent and planetary... I love Busiek and Alex Ross. I love what it did for me. Dale, that was beautiful, Dale. <laughs> Arnold, thank you. Save the last unicorn. <laughs> this uh, comes to us from friend of the show. Also, uh, the <laughs> host with the most, if you're in the world of Skyrim, it's a Skyrim addict. Great podcast. I suggest you listen. And even for those who have not played Skyrim, there's a lot more to offer. Uh, his It's titled SDCC. Mm. Hello, gents. I had the good fortune of attending SDCC this week, and I devoted much more time to Artist Alley and the independent sellers than I would have pre-paper keg listening. That's good stuff. There was certainly no shortage of A-list stars in the floor either. Where else can you wander by Lou Ferrigno, and no more than a minute later, experience Hulkamania. Mm. Then the moment that made my belly tumble and knees quiver like a schoolgirl seeing David Cassidy for the first time, mm. I met Slim. I kept my cool. I didn't request my bosom autographed, but it was an awe-inspiring experience. <laughs> I also took advantage of some of the comicsology sales, specifically the user-submitted one. Mm. I look forward to diving into those in the weeks to come. Be well, gentlemen, especially Slim. Oh, okay. Michael, sent from his iHeart. Yes, Hulkamania, yes! Yes! <laughs> that yes was spot on. I, I, your ego is just getting stroked. Stroke Slim's ego, yes! <laughs> Did meet Ren Mike D and his lovely family at San Diego Comic-Con. Well, I liked a bunch of his Instagram posts. Oh, so wow. who really was closer it's to true. him that might this be weekend? Yes, stroke your own ego, Jonesy. Yes, <laughs> yes. 
he uh, we talked about uh, Philadelphia local drive time radio. Apparently, oh, it's, man. it's all he listens to. So we had a nice chuckle about that. Great guy. I also saw Nikki Bonds. I think Nikki is a holdover from the Nerdcast days. I saw W Bandoy. That's great. I also saw um, Tim. I don't think Tim is on Twitter, but I saw him last San Diego Comic Con, and I forgot to ask him if he was on Twitter. Um, who else? Just real Americans. You know? That's what it's all about. That's what it comes down to. I, I mean, you know, it's it's ultra flattering. I'm not there. I'm not. I don't have a presence. You know, disclaimer: I don't work for Comicsology, but for people to come up and give pay you respect, paper keg respects while you're working, that's that's just brings tingles. It does I imagine it going down like people are in George R R Martin signage line, hmm. and they actually like walk past him to say, "Hey, are you slim?" Right, and he's oh just miffed at this guy. George R R is miffed. Can I interrupt on a serious note? Because I forgot to say this at the top of the show. Uh, I'll tell you who was the MVP of this past meetup. And that was our dear friend Karate Chop 16. Oh, Uh, my God. Sean Sean drove his whole family down uh, from Boston. Or Boston. Uh, Please forgive me for that. And uh, one of the fastest friends of the show, uh, really down-to-earth, heartfelt guy, and uh, this is why we do it, folks, for uh, for guys like that. And I just want to thank him from me for coming down to spend that time with us. And uh, thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. These people make it all worthwhile. You know, that's what makes this mm-hmm. next few episodes really tough. Uh, <laughs> you know just it. Kidding. Just I kidding. Know it. I know it. <laughs> Or is he? Is he kidding? No, we're, on a, we're on a hot streak. We're, we, you know, those Fear Agent episodes, I was very proud of those episodes. You know, I sent, a nice, I sent a text message to our hosts. You know, these two blow up my texts just all day long. It's just uh, <laughs> it's nutty. iOS 8, FYI, you're going to be able to mute conversations on Messages app. I'm just going to throw wait. that out there. Slim. Yep. <laughs> what? <laughs> you're all I got during the day. Uh, sitting in just, front of the just, computer. You know, I'm just messing around. I was in San no, Diego. You're, not. you're absolutely time not difference. You're not it was hot, busy, shaking hands. Um, I bet. So you would. So, like, if you were like Jonesy was saying, we're texting you, and you're trying to manage a line. Well, of G- GR, show <laughs> and you're trying to manage a line. You would. Uh, the, the next person to talk to you would give that face, like you give, like. That's like what me like? Do you need me? Do you have to need me right now? <laughs> it was managing lines left and right for the germ. So, <laughs> so it was happening. That's when W Bandoy uh, yeah. came over. Great guy, said some really nice things. He, he uh, just caught me at a bad time. I was like waving my hat, waving people in. I need five more people in my line. Bring them over. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a great time. Great people to stop by and say nice things. You know, it feels good. You know, we put a lot of, I think people realize we put a lot of time and effort into making the show not garbage. So it's really cool for people to say that they appreciate yeah. it. Absolutely. 100%. Absolutely. On the, the serious tip. Yes. On the money. Just the tip. Our last letter of the night, and uh, he makes sure it is so. 
Gotta be honest, fellas, I haven't heard the last three eps. My computer took a dump, and after a fresh install, my USB port stopped working. Is this Jonesy writing in? (laughs) I finally wiped my iPod on another computer yesterday, and we'll we'll get caught up this week. A lot of great stuff out of hashtag SDCC this year. Really like the Wonder Woman costume. Avengers 2 is sounding really B.A. I think Josh Brolin is going to be a great Thanos. Lightning round for the good, the bad, and the ugly. Two sentences weren't enough to express how much I love this story. Mark would neither love or hate this story. From at the Fro King himself. At Dragonfro on the Twitter. Why is Dragonfro never coming to meetups? That's what I want to know. He doesn't even have a computer. How does he even? How did he even send that letter? I don't even know what's going on. <laughs> He's probably. Stopped. He's like me when I had to tweet via text during oh the uh, ice storm of 2013. <laughs> you had to. <laughs> yeah, I like how that tweet. was the number one priority on your list. <laughs> oh my! You know, food, shelter, tweeting. Come on. What a hero. You know, Jonesy was not missing out. The whole world was no. passing him by. No. It took me forever to figure out how to get uh, my timeline to show up, let me tell you. Were you getting your timeline texted to you? Uh, no. Every text? Oh. Okay. No. I don't, know. I don't even know how I did it. What a show. It was Twitter blind. Twitter blind. Big show coming up. Big show. Big show. Mm-hmm. Oh, my. I think we're going to be com- we're going to be competing with uh, the AC podcast uh, for most uh, shows released, or or what? No, uh, ancillary characters, the DC Comics podcast. No, no, I, I know, I'm aware oh. of who they are. <laughs> Jonesy getting snippy at the end of the show. Uh, we'll see everybody next. Oh, week. Uh, hold on a second. Could be arrested um, for public drunkenness. Last week to order shirts. <laughs> Papercake.com slash shirts. Oh, yeah. Tennessee. Last week for shirts. Last week. I have to sit down and double check all my docs, spreadsheets, mm-hmm. my emails. Shoots are, the shirts are nice too, folks. I mean, mm. I managed to uh, flash dance enough weight off to where I felt mostly comfortable in it for the paper keg meetup. And, uh, that thin layer of shirt and the cold concrete underneath me. I mean, it's a pretty comfortable shirt. <laughs> How many, what's the what's the pounds droppage since you started the uh, elliptical McGinn? Is there an official pounds droppage that's pu- public yet? <clears throat> you don't have to make it public yet. Um, let me let me pull up the app real quick. Because I saw you tweet vaguely that it was the lowest you'd been in years. Oh, that's right. Like that. yeah. So uh, that would have been... Maybe 13 pounds. Wow. And what, a couple weeks? Congratulations. It's not bad. 
It's amazing. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, it's, uh, a lot it's of about hard time. work. Yeah, I've 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 just been super motivated. I mean, I can't this re, this energy I have now for getting up in the morning and getting peed off if I don't have a full thirty minutes to do yeah. it. It's ama- It feels really great, and I feel really great. The um, better self image, even though I'm not. I mean, I still weigh a gargantuan. You look two hundred and sixty pounds. Your hair is even better. I don't know if it's the low tool shouldn't have any effect on your hair, but your hair looks better. And I think I mean, it's it possible. I'm taking a lot more omega threes. You know the fatty omega three uh, pills. No, I don't know. Maybe anything that's about giving that. me a nice sheen. Is that uh, is that amplifying the bedroom life? Is that what, <laughs> is that, what that does? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what was the lightning rebuttal? Oh, Amazing Spider Man. Before we end the show, running <laughs> running late. Wow. Wow. Oh my god. The original sin tie-in. Yeah. Is that the silk? Is that the Silk yeah. story? I haven't read yep. anything past issue one. Yep. Can you elaborate on know. Uh, the hubris comment that you made that was scandalous? Honestly. I, I think Dan, I, I mean, I'm sorry, San is uh, just, I, I mean, he pulled off Superior Spider-Man. Uh, he had some great events, Spider-Island. And uh, I think he just thinks his ass doesn't stink because oh gosh, you wow. know. Now let's 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 preface let's preface with this. This just isn't for me. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a mark. That is a, hey, that's a good political answer in 2014, my friend. That is uh, the way it, to go. Look, this uh, analogous characters and shoeing characters are just not my speed right now. I'm not saying they won't be again, and not saying that they're not for everybody, but. I just it tickled me in the wrong spot, and I just didn't like it. Bad tickle. And I guess it's not garbage. I can I can. <laughs> you can't take tell you that you the art was it. great, and I could tell you you know that sand lot. I should trust in sand because he's not steered me wrong yet. Should he but, have uh, bowed out after Superior Spider Man? Yes or no, Jonesy loves beer. Go. Yeah, I think. Oh. Uh, wouldn't it be interesting to go out on top instead wow. of wow. continue? I mean, it doesn't make me like sand less. I Man, I love his surfer stuff right now. Can I? Can I love him and other things? Dan you know, a, right. Do you? Can you play devil's Daniel advocate forever? here? How far are you in Amazing Spider-Man right now? I did not issue read. One. I did not read the lace. The laced issue, issue four. I did not read yet. But, um, I, I, I'm having a perfectly great time with it. He's he's mining data and story from the fact that he has to clean up after Otto's life. I don't know anything about this Silk character, but I think, you know, he's coming out of the gate with Amazing Spider-Man with nothing too heavy and nothing too event-driven right now because there's other events going on and there will be, uh, in the Marvel U, I mean, and then, you know, they'll be doing the the next Spider event. I forget what it is, but... Spider-Verse? Yeah, Spider-Verse. So he's just taking it light right now and, you know, he's P- Parker Industry has a... Uh, motivation. They have something to do. They're trying to build that superhero prison. I'm a, the only thing I don't, re, I don't, I didn't care for was Black Cat's crazy agenda to get revenge. But you know, it's uh, that's just because I don't like to see trouble between Black Cat and Spider Man. That's nothing to do with the story they're, itself. Yeah, they're year two. You love I, them to I death. I ship them. I would, I'm a shipper <laughs> for Black Cat and Spider Man. <laughs>